Welcome, everyone. We are back. Air of Epic Trail Talk, episode 64. Big Coming, episode today. Yeah, big episode, big week, huge week for the sport of trail running around the world. Um, today's show is going to be focused around Western States 100. We did some stories, but now we're going to get into how's the race going to unfold? Who are our picks, maybe? What's going to happen? Uh, there's definitely some shakeups that we got to talk about. And yeah, welcome. That's I'm it. Excited. Um, I'm excited. Another Western States preview show. Yeah, another one. Another one, because the world needs more, more well, Western States. To quote the great DJ Khaled. Another one. Another one. Um, so yeah, welcome to Trail Talk. This show, if you never listened or tuned in before, we are going to recap some things about Aravipa running and rides and what's going on here. And then we're going to go into our topic of the week, which is going to be Western States this week. Hot topic. And we're going to have a rapid fire round once again, I believe. Bryce yeah. can confirm. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And, and of course, this is always done. This is now always done live. So if you are tuning in, please drop your questions. We're going to be getting to a Q&A section sometimes as we go, but also at the end. So that's my intro if you need it. You love got it. it. I love so, it. But definitely, if you have any questions at any point, drop them in the chat. And uh, Bryce, our steady-handed producer, will be uh, keeping an eye on everything so that he can chime in with questions as they come or uh, save them to the end for us. Yeah, we appreciate you all of you tuning in. So I guess we'll kick it off following up from last week's show. We had the Broken Arrow Sky Race. We'll touch on that briefly because that's what's been going on in my world. I was out there. I just got back home uh, Sunday night and it was a good time. Once again, the weather was real interesting. It was cold. It was freezing up there. Snow. Yeah, I was going to say, I think I saw you getting hit with snow in... Uh on the gram at one point probably yes i don't remember posting it but absolutely we had some overnight snow um before the 52k up high and then um the end of the 52k people were getting snowed and rained on as they were running which was kind of crazy so yeah it was a whole weekend of events it was amazing to see everyone out there we had Man, they had like over 2,000 athletes between all the different distances, the VK on Friday all the way through the 26K on Sunday. And I was chasing some of those folks down the hill, and they were going so fast. We've been talking about Andy Wacker absolutely destroyed it, um, which was a little surprising, to be honest. I feel like he hasn't maybe had the best string of races the last couple of years, but uh, and even the VK, and he just kind of took command of the race and crushed it. Yeah, I mean, seeing him on that descent was like that, kind of that final descent uh, back into uh, the resort was pretty amazing. And Andy is one of the more talented runners in the space and hasn't had like that real big, big win um, or hasn't been able to string a lot of them together. And I think today or this past weekend in that 26K was – uh was kind of a big race for him um and hopefully it's kind of the sign of you know more big things to come but it was definitely awesome to watch especially after having uh you know a tough race in the vk nice um should we jump into the fantasy picks we definitely can i oh. submitted my picks which was good i did oh, yeah okay you did submit them yeah good work i did okay in the vk and then got crushed uh, in the other 
events. You did really well in the VK. Yeah, um, I did all right in the VK. Actually, great. I was 12th out of 331 people. Really 11th if you exclude Dylan Bowman uh, for insider trading, but I digress. I mean, <laughs> if he has insider trading, wouldn't he do better? I guess you can't make it totally you can't, yeah, apparent. You know? <laughs> That's funny. Um, how'd you do, Bryce? Did you submit? I submitted the 26K. Uh, I actually, out of the three of us anyway, I took that one. Oh, nice. Okay. What place did you uh, finish in the 26K, press? 26K Fantasy. Somewhere between 30 and 50, I think. So uh, I'm not positive. It's saying 114th. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe, um, yeah. Uh, and let's see. I was 167th. I was like 251st or something like that. 251st, yeah. yeah. 11 points for you, Matt. Good Who job. Who did I? Well, it, I will say this. I don't think this. you can see people's The scoring is, is a bit tough. But um, you don't like the way they do it. Where it's like, oh, what if you get three of the top five, but you don't have them in the exact order? You don't get points. You don't get very many points. But that that doesn't necessarily mean your picks were terrible. Yeah. You know? You just got so that's order, all. Maybe. I don't dislike their scoring. Could saying their scoring improved? might not be as indicative of... Uh, of where my picks actually were, right? Like if you get four out of the five in the top five, but they aren't in the exact place, nothing. So my pick, see, ah, oh, this is interesting. So I might've, uh, this is weird. I think I tried to update my picks, but they didn't update. Uh, like, I see, if, here come the excuses. Is there a glitch here? No, because <laughs> I, I knew that Alicia Shea wasn't running, but yet she was still my number five pick, even though I think I pulled her out. I thought I adjusted, and then maybe it didn't go through. Mm. So, And then Darren Thomas, I like I knew he also wasn't running. I had him as my number one pick. Oh, I had him in as well. And I had and him out because I'm like in the house that he's staying at, and I knew he wasn't racing. Who yeah. knows? But yeah, yeah. Uh, I did have Allie Mack for the win, so I think the that's VK why I did so well. In the VK or 26K? The VK. I had her for the win in both. Mm. And you still didn't do that well, huh? Well, she finished second in uh, in yeah. the VK, and so it's like, oh, she was, she was right there. Wait, she but, won the VK. Or in the yeah. uh, 26K. She crushed the VK. That was impressive. <laughs> so good. Um, anyways, that's that's Broken Arrow. I don't know what else we have to say about that. It was awesome. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. If you haven't been out there, check it out. It's a great event, really great event. Um, Aravipa wise, we had a couple races this weekend as well, so I definitely want to shout out those that came out to Hypnosis Night Runs. They had a little bit of a relief. I think we had a little bit of a weather system move in this weekend. Were you out there at all? Yeah, I ran the twenty-two k. Nice. We got rained on. Like it was raining I during guess, the race. I, I mean, not Ooh. a lot, but we, there was there was moisture. There was water. We got sprinkled on. It was fun. I really enjoyed it. Nice. Have you done a lot of night races? I've done one night ride. Uh, I've done a lot of night running. I did my first night trail race, like a running race. And looking at the results, Bryce, you absolutely crushed it. Thank you. 142. That's a 12-minute win over second place. Troy Clark, good job. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate way, it. Way to go, Bryce. Thanks, Matt. Um, we also had, yeah, all the way up to a 54K. So we got to shout out Joel Thurston. He won in 5.56. Sounds like a grinder of an evening right there, almost yeah. six hours. Uh, and then we had Kelly Shear. 
Um, Kelly Share was your winner four and a half minutes ahead of Ellen Lagerman for the win. So that was a tight one. Close race. Four and a half minutes over 54K? Yeah, 50 so she won in 641, or actually five and a half minutes, and then Ellen was 646. Jeez. So, yeah, they're doing a bunch of laps out there at uh, Australia Mountain Regional Park. So uh, shout out to them. I was going to bring up something else having to do with what – do you have any other – what else is going on with Aravipa this week? Well, we like had the hypnosis stuff. rides as well. So oh, shout yeah, the out rides, rides were on Friday. Riders. Yep, so – um, other big thing raised by Rams, yes. uh, virtual event registration. It is back, uh, this year it's a 10 day vertical challenge. Um, that is up on the Air Viper running website. Uh, registration is open. We're going to have a lot of cool, like, uh, challenges and things like that to kind of keep m- people motivated throughout the course of the 10 days and stuff like that. So it's going to be super sweet. Uh, yeah. If you want to, you know, get motivated, do some climbing in the back half of the summer, uh, kind of peak summer, really. Um, check it out end of July. Um, we'll all be participating. It's gonna be definitely fun. Um, and then, yeah, what's up next for us? We've got a little bit of a break event-wise. Our next events will be the um, Silverton races. So Silverton Alpine Marathon and Kendall Mountain Run, which is the second weekend in July. And that'll be leading into the Hard Rock 100 week. So uh, if you haven't run those events before, come out and join us. It, there's no better time to be in the San Juans than than that week, to be honest. With everything going on, you can kind of dip in, get a little bit of the Hard Rock experience, and also get some racing in. So check it out. Yeah, I mean, the San Juans are uh, beautiful as well. So if you've never been... Definitely, uh, definitely somewhere that you should put on your bucket list of places to visit. And if you have been, you already know what I'm talking about. So, yeah. Do you have any questions in the chat so far? Yeah, we do. Nice. uh, Let me run through some of these here real quick. First one, how much will Arlen win by? (laughs) Oh, man, we'll get to that in a second. Okay. Uh, Let's see. Non-Western related questions. If we have anything non-Western. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, what are your opinions on thermodynamics as it applies to running with or without or against the rotation of the earth? Oh goodness. Uh, did they ask our opinions on that? Because I have none. This sounds like a question that's on like the Barclay essay list or something for entry. (laughs) They're like insane. These questions. Uh, you go into Leadville 102. I think that is for Jamil. Um, probably not this year. It's an easy answer. So, uh, sh- oh, go ahead. One more from, uh, yeah. from Chris Warden. Chris Warden. Actually, it's a Western question. I'll hold off. Okay. Should we move into Western? Are you ready Let's for move it? Move into Western. Okay. So the biggest piece of news that I heard about Western, I don't know if you know about this yet. I forget if we talked about it, but Trueheart Brown has pulled out. Did you know this? I did not, but I could sense it coming. Are you crushed? I don't know. I mean, as a flag staffing yeah. now, uh, yeah, I wanted, um, wanted True Heart to, you know, be there and to be putting his best foot forward, especially after, um, you know, a big performance like he had at Black Canyon to kind of run his way in. But you could tell, you could kind of see the writing on the wall just looking at Estrava. 
right? So, like his combined volume wasn't really anywhere near what it was leading into Black Canyon. He was doing more biking now um, and less running. And so that to me. So the reason tough. why he withdrew is important. And it's because he is fighting the fire in Flagstaff. No kidding. So it had nothing to do with his training. No, not from what wow. I understand. He wow. was, he is a firefighter by trade and he was put on the pipeline fire. So he's been like protecting and like trying to save his hometown from just take everything I said. Back. Yeah. I, I know. I was like, let you go. And I was like, um, dude, shout out to true heart Brown. <laughs> and to me, I'm like, man, if there ever was a special consideration entry for next year, I'm just going to throw this out into the world. Like I think true heart would be well deserving of that. Like having to withdraw this year, to fight a fire in his backyard. Like, I think he'd be very deserving not to say he couldn't earn another golden ticket, but having to pull out, you know, a week and a half before the race. Um, just going to put that out, out there. It'd be my vote. If I had a vote. Well, there are a number of ways that could come to fruition sure. uh, as well. Right. That could come through, um, Western States board. Right. But also Hoka being a title sponsor. They also happen to sponsor a, uh, a training group based out of Flagstaff uh, in AZ Elite. So for someone to miss out on this opportunity um, to help protect a land where they sponsor a training group, to me it seems like they should um, also be doing anything that they can, whether it's through a sponsorship slot or um, anything like that. So yeah. Hashtag true heart 2023. But yeah, that just seems like a classic true heart move or moment, you know, where like what a legend. Yeah. Just like comes out of nowhere, destroys black Canyon. And now he's like, you know, can't, can't run the race cause he's fighting a fire in his, in his backyard. So shout out he's to him. He's just out saving the inner basin. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, definitely. We should like get him on the show at some point. That'd be great. I would love it. Bring him down once it's all out. Um, but yeah, let's get into, uh, Western States, I guess, talk about it more. Um, yeah. What do you got? Well, where do we want to start? I know know. you did. I think that there's a lot of interesting things. Um, do we want to start with our people to watch or maybe I have, I also have like what I'm predicting to be kind of an overarching theme Sure. Based on who I believe is gonna, uh, well, we could look at the, the weather too. Well. I think the forecast will be definitely something to watch as well. But yeah, go ahead and dive on into it. Yeah, so I think one of the the interesting stories, like we talked about, was there are going to be a lot of first time or people towing the line who have not finished the race before, right? Um, in turn, I think there are a number of people who will be towing the line who have finished the race, but maybe not up to um, kind of their standards. And I think that without spoiling where my predictions are currently, uh, I think that this is the year that you're going to see runners on both the men's and women's side kind of finally have their, what they would deem their kind of redemption runs at Western States, their breakthrough performances there. So that's my, uh, that's going to be my big overarching theme um, for this year's race. And I think it'll make a little bit more sense when we do get into, you know, who are, who we think is going to, is going to come out on top. Nice. Um, let's talk about weather real quick. And what I was able to pull up here is there's actually a weather webpage on the Western state site. It's wser.org slash weather. 
we can maybe get that pulled up. Um, cause I think it's important to look and see what, you know, the different high temperatures are and how it affects maybe the top winning times and some of the finish percentage. So real quick for last year's race, it was a hot year. So one of the hotter on records, actually, um, it looks like I can probably just, I can even sort by high temperature, I believe. There we go. Oh, okay. 101 degrees last year was the high and 73 was the low. You have that? Yeah. Oh yeah. Fourth hottest in uh maybe fifth hottest. What did I do? 95.77. We have slightly different web pages. I don't know why. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I have no idea what I did. Um so yeah, one of the hotter on records, and it looks like this year, I'm trying to go to the same weather source, uh, full forecast for Auburn. Oh, this is saying Auburn, California. I think that's why like Jim's performance last year was probably pretty all time because it, how hot it was and how fast he did ran. <laughs> he, ran well, he ran what, like the fourth fastest time ever. Um, on one of the hottest years. On one of the hottest years. And you could tell he was like grinding through it when like late in the race, he just sat down at an aid station and like had a, had a, an adult beverage with his crew. And was just like, ah, Let's take a moment here. So they're saying a high of 95 in Auburn. So this is going to be, you know, certainly on the hotter, hotter than average years. Yep. Um, but probably typical for like a Western States experience, I would say. Yeah, definitely not, not like a, uh, top five hot, hot year. Um, yeah, like over a hundred degrees would put it in like one of the hottest ever. Um, yeah. So I it's mean, still going to be warm. It's going to be hot. Yeah. It's going to be warm. It's going to be probably pretty typical. Um, Do you think there's going to be snow up high? So judging from broken arrow, there was a little bit, um, they had it above the VK, like the VK finish. There were the snow steps, which is pretty mm -hmm. typical of, of this time of year. And then there was one section of road. So I think it'll be like basic snow yeah. or like light snow it's not a heavy snow year by any means like because yeah there's been years oh man the one year like 2017 the ice fire grit year i mean halfway up the olympic valley ski resort it was like solid pack snow and it was like basically clear almost all the way to the top so snow is not really going to be a factor this yeah. year there's no snow reroutes they're probably barely going to be on snow i would say generally And I don't know about the boats or not. I guess we'll just have to see about that. So of course, like at the river crossing, there's, um, yeah, crossing in boats or crossing by rope. I would probably say it's by rope, but that's what it was last year. Yeah. Yeah. It'll probably, I would imagine that it will be by rope. I think the weather this year is going to set up for a pretty exciting race, uh, as well with it not being like a super hot year. Um, and they're not being, you know, a ton of snow. Well, the, yeah, the could heat be really can be a factor. Like, it, you know, you start to look at the guys who are most heat adapted, which I might argue would be Scott Trayer, right here from Phoenix. Uh, he was telling me about his heat training and ad adaptation. And I mean, I don't know if there's a better place to be than Phoenix if you're heat training for something like Western States. 
Yeah, I mean, probably probably not. I also look at people who have had success uh, in warmer races like Scott. You know, Black Canyon um, gets pretty warm, especially in those later miles, but also someone like Arlen Glick um, winning Havelina. Both of the Scott's first Western. Yep. Um, so that is a disadvantage in certain ways, right? You know, your first time... Um, you know, being on the full course on race day, but I think both of them will have, um, will be pretty well adapted. And then, you know, Tim Tollefson is interesting as well. I think he's been spending a lot of time up, um, in kind of the Auburn area where he's originally from. So getting a little bit more exposure, uh, there versus, um, being in Mammoth, in Mammoth Lakes. Sweet. Should we go more in depth on the different fields? Let's do it. All right. So with the women, um, we'll just run through some of the top. And I know this is all out there, but we're just taking our own spin on it. So that's well, why I'm you're sure we'll in. have our opinions. Yeah. Right? So we've got, you know, some of the returning top 10. Um, second place from last year, Ruth Croft is back. Um, my little aside on that is I saw her partner, Martin Gaffuri, out there running around. And fun fact he commentated at the Zagama live stream. So the first race in the global, the global, uh, golden trail world series, and he's coming to Flagstaff. So we're trying to rope him in for the commentating there, which I think will be really awesome. That'd be sick. Um, give that like perspective. He probably knows all those folks in Europe super well. Um, so yeah, keep an eye out Ruth Croft. Like you can't not put her up there at the very top of, of the mark. So um, let's see who else do we have here. Well, Brittany uh, Peterson, uh, is back. She was fourth last, fourth last year. year. Ragnar um, DeBots looks like pulled out of the event, mm. uh, recently. Um, um, uh, I forget what I was going to say. Okay. Sorry. Uh, um, she was the fifth place finisher, uh, for the females last year. Uh, Katie, Katie Asmuth, yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah. Katie Asmuth's back. Uh, Emily Hoggood is back. She was seventh. Keely Henninger was uh, ninth. ninth. Right? Man, you are solid on these. Uh, Casey Lichtai, who is overcoming uh, a pretty severe like injury. Uh, she had actually a hamstring surgery. So it that storyline. I mean, of course, I think her. I think number one, she wants to cross that finish line. Um, but we'll see. I mean, like, don't count against her getting back into that top 10. Yeah. I think she's been there every year for like a really long time. So I think she has seven finishes. <coughs> um, so yeah. yeah. And then you've got, uh, people like Lucy Bartholomew, uh, coming back. She was third in, uh, 2018. So was it? Or was it 2019? It was one I think of it was those the last years. Oh, she was. Oh, in 2018, and then she, she ran third, in 2019. And then she ran in 2019. Yeah. So she's coming back after. And that's kind of a theme. A lot of international athletes, they've been just deferring kind of their entries forward because of the pandemic and everything. So you're seeing, you're going to see a lot of international this year. And then Camille Heron. Yep, Camille also Heron in the field. And also, I think looking one of those runners, like you were saying, who's like really looking for their like performance that they're looking for at Western States. She obviously has not had the day she wants at Western States yet, fully capable of having that. I mean, you see what she obviously 
is super competent on the roads in the track, but she is just as competent on the trails. I think especially like a, a course like Western, um, you know, maybe without that snow, I think that has been a challenge for her, especially in the snow years. Um, but like if you can, if she can do what she's done at Black Canyon, there's no reason she can't do what she wants to do at Western States, I think. Well, I think her grinding through and getting through the full course last year, I think was big. And then capping that off by coming to Havelina and nailing, a, you know, a trail hundred miler. Yes, Havelina isn't mountainous, um, but it's warm and it's on trail. Um, and she absolutely crushed it. And she's just been on like a really solid streak of races. Her performances at, or her performance at Jackpot um, earlier this year was, you know, a, another big run for her. And so, again, I think that her kind of getting to the finish line last year, I think, is like a huge step forward uh, for her and uh, in terms of like breaking through on this stage. Yeah. I mean, I would love to see Camille run well at Western States. I think it's been high on her list for a really long time. Uh, next up we have a first time hundred miler towing the line. You know who this might be? Who's, who's an elite and earned a ticket at black Canyon. No. Anne Marie Madden. Anne Marie Madden. From Canada. So I didn't I realize like, she'd never run a hundred miler. Yeah. Um, so I think, feel like kind of underrated athlete, um, not, doesn't have all maybe the name recognition that some do. Um, but she's won some big races, been high up at some big races. And yeah, according to the information I have, it's her first hundred. So that'd well, be fun to watch. Second at the 2020 Tarawera hundred K. Well, yeah, that and the North Face 50. I mean, a couple huge races to, you know, pull up second there, third at Black Canyon. I mean, kind of like doesn't come out on top. Rock and Arrow in Lake Sonoma. Really is kind of a wild card uh, and could could really do anything out there. Uh, Another Canadian, Marianne Hogan. Uh, Let's see. I guess she's been a little off the radar lately, but... um, she took the win at Bandera uh, this January, so another golden ticket winner there uh, coming out. I don't even know this runner, but Luzia Bueller of Switzerland, I guess, was 11th in 2019, so yeah, uh, also was fifth at UTMB last year. Yes. Uh, Leah Yingling, who won Canyons, 100K? She also has been crushing the fantasy free trail. Second at Canyons. Oh, sorry. Yep. Second at Canyons. Yeah, she just uh what was it, the VK or the fifty two K? She uh yeah. she won. Yeah. Outright. You know? So shout out to Leah for putting both of us in our places based on our knowledge of the sport. Let's see. She was also uh first at running up for air. Six hour. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, let's see. We got Dominica Stelmach. She She got her golden ticket at Black Canyon. Yep. So she'll be coming out as well. Um, Ellie Pell, uh, Beast Coast runner. Uh, she was second at Bandera. Um, and also third at Gorge Waterfall 100K. So that'll be one to watch. And then we've got Taylor Nolan also. Trying to see what she did recently. She was fourth place at Black Canyon 100K. That's right. And apparently also 100-mile debut. Let's go. 
Let's see, any others? Have you heard much about how Tessa is feeling going into this as an Aerovepa Racing Team member? I haven't heard a lot. I okay. think she's been kind of flying under the radar, just keeping her nose down. Yeah, I know she is going through an injury, was biking a lot, mm -hmm. but I think is still planning to toe the line and go for it. So hopefully yep. that's come around for her. Um, we have a rollover, I think, Black Canyon 100K golden ticket, Cecilia Flory um, from 2020. So an international runner that has rolled over yep. as well. So you're, you're going to see a lot of those as well. So I'm um, trying to see who else. We got Elsa McDonald as well. Um, she just won um, Whiskey Basin. Whiskey Basin outright, correct? Yep. So that's kind of it for the women. So I don't know if we have any questions so far. We probably do. We should probably touch base on some of those. Let's see. So one from Chris Warden. Camille Heron and Arlen Glick have had an amazing last few months, but neither is considered a mountain specialist. How will their lack of experience affect them in that realm? Yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, something you can't overlook completely. Um, I don't know, but I also wouldn't write them off either. Yeah, I mean, I think specifically for Camille, um, she has so much experience, like just general running experience um, to lean back on that, again, I think her getting to the finish line last year um, was a big moment for her. And so she knows what she's going to have to put herself through to have a strong performance here. So she's known in the in the buildup what she's needed to do in training. And I think on race day, she's going to, um, you know, be able to lean into a lot of those experiences, just knowing that this is what's to come and I know that I can overcome them. Arlen is a little bit different of a situation, right? Because he, he is truly uh, less experienced, right? He's only been doing it for so long. He's primarily had success in essentially every race he's um, entered. And so it will be interesting to see um, – kind of how he uh, deals with some of the inevitable lows that are going to come, you know, just because he doesn't have, he, he has a lot of hundred mile races under his belt for how young he is, but he doesn't have the same type of experience um, as a lot of these other runners might have. The one thing about Camille, I will say, and then I'll talk about Arlen too. Um, like I'm just looking through like her kind of ultra sign up history of different races and I'm trying to think, cause I mean, Western States, yes, it's a net downhill course, but it is a mountain hundred. It has a lot of climbing and descending and steep, the canyons, all of it, the whole thing. <clears throat> and yeah, it is, I don't know how all these courses run, but obviously she tends to run the flatter rate type races. I'm trying to think, I don't know that she's ever like won or even done a lot of true like mountain races. So like Tarawera, is that like, she's won Tarawera. Is that a mountain race? I don't really know. Is it a bit of a mix? Maybe black Canyon, you know, obviously is kind of a mix. It's not like quite like a Western States level. Um, there's the, I mean, white river 50, that was, that's probably like a pretty mountainous that, one, I would say. So that one's pretty good. Um, yeah, Lake Sonoma, I think. I think she's won that one. Um, anyways, she's definitely run that one. Um, and I was looking at Bandera. I don't know. 
that one kind of runs like a tougher race, but maybe not truly mountainous. It's Texas. I mean, mm-hmm. probably not, but, um, <laughs> so yeah, it, it is kind of like a question mark. Can she, can she win on this stage in like a true mountain hundred against athletes that specialize in that? And that's like question mark to be seen. Like so far she hasn't been able to do that. And will that just be the status quo? I don't know. Doesn't that give you goosebumps? <laughs> like this could be a, a legacy building weekend potentially, right? For sure. Um, like if Camille can knock this out of the park in the same manner that she has done other things, right? Like she etches her name in in the history books amongst uh, the greatest to ever do it. When you put you know what she's accomplished in the sport alongside what all the other greats have done, and so that to me is like super exciting and. Um, you know, again, this she's stepping very not. I don't want to say very far outside her comfort zone, but definitely outside of her comfort zone, time and time again, because she wants to nail this race. Um, and that's pretty exciting. And I would say same goes with Arlen Glick. I would put they're kind of in a similar boat. Where has Arlen like proven himself on a mountain course? Not yet, but he's even more of an unknown because he hasn't really done one yet. You're um, saying Tunnel Hill is in uh <laughs> Is it mountainous? <laughs> yeah, maybe not. <laughs> uh, but he certainly has done his homework, right? He was out of the training camp. Camille was also out of the training camp. So, you know, they're even working together and like probably swapping, you know, course intel. Um, and he's been putting the work in on his, you know, local Deer Hill repeats. So I think um, it's just going to be fun to, to watch it all play out as far as those two athletes go. That was a long-winded answer. That's great. Very detailed. Only our best answers for Chris Warden. Is Hannah Allgood running Western? Hannah Allgood? I don't know who that is. Oh, she's running the San Juan Solstice 50K this weekend, so I'm assuming no. Okay. Um, Dominika Stalmach. There's a comment saying that she was wrecking Black Canyon 100K until late. If she's able to maintain the first 50 miles, she could be a threat. Definitely. You guys think Camille will start transitioning to more mountain races in the coming years? Could you see her taking a crack at UTMB, et cetera? Oh, man. I don't know. I don't know what her – I would probably say no. I don't think she would stray too far from her specialty. But I could also see her wanting to – you know, check off a race like UTMB is like a bucket list experience. Yeah. I mean, it, it'll be, it'll be interesting, right? Cause it could go a number of ways. Um, eventually, and I don't know that we're anywhere near this currently, but eventually Camille will have peaked at what she's able to do in like the track space without going up in time or focusing on age group specific things, right? Like there will be a point where um, her 24 hour world record is what she can achieve for 24 hours before um, she starts to kind of like age out of what she's able to do there. And so it'll be interesting to see when that time comes. And again, we are not there yet, whether she then turns her focus to uh, more mountainous trail ultras or whether she focuses on, um, you know, continuing to make world teams on the track, continuing to set age group records and push those age group records, um, down to where they might not be reached for 
decades to come. So that would be the only thing that, like, I think as long as she is uh, capable of continuing to better her own world record, I don't see her straying too far away. But when that time comes, it will be interesting to see what what she wants to continue to give, you know? Any others? Just a call out for Arlen Glick's heat training. I think that was mentioned when we were talking about Scott Treyer uh, and his deer hill repeats and full winter clothing. It's also followed by sauna time. Yeah, he's doing it all. Yeah, Yeah. and I think a lot of the top guys are all doing that. Like you pretty much have to, uh, if you want to run in the top 10, you got to do your heat training. It's just going to be part of your program. You, it's not like anyone's going to be surprised by a hundred, you know, 99 degrees in the canyons. Yeah. I mean, I think that everyone is probably doing whatever their heat protocol is. Um, the one thing that is interesting for Arlen is his like vertical protocol, essentially like it's different in the Midwest. You know, we don't get to go and, uh, run up the Mormon trail at South mountain and get, you know, some good climbing and you're running repeats up a hundred foot hill. So it'll be interesting to see whether that hinders his ability, you or know, like to a two not, or 3000 foot downhill, you know, into yep, you a Canyon. Like you can do you that. You can't do that in Ohio. You don't get that. But I also wonder if it helps callous you mentally a little bit. Sure. You know, um, time will ultimately tell yep. <laughs> uh, as to how that plays out. Um, we can jump over to the men now and we can get some more questions in the chat. Um, I think uh, Scott Trayer is actually in the chat or was. Oh, Scotty. He's just popping in. Yeah. What up, Scotty? We're rooting for you. Yeah. Um, we The biggest story of the year is no Jim Walmsley, probably. I think that's probably the story. Yeah. Anytime Jim decides not to show up at a race that he's, like, he holds three of the four fastest times. Uh, so when he decides not to toe the line, I think that that's definitely a big story. But I, I think that it shouldn't overshadow, in my opinion, the other amazing stories of what's going to happen this weekend, right? Like, this is an opportunity for someone who hasn't won in the last four years to possibly seal yeah the not to say like i mean <laughs> he clearly would be the favorite if he showed back up like no doubt yeah i mean his performance last year in the heat to me is what like kind of set him apart like uh in my mind it's like if he shows up he's the favorite that isn't to say that people like tim tollison and hayden hawks couldn't you know beat jim on the right day or uh, Tyler Green or any of these people, right? But that performance last year, just in my mind, just said, man, he's on a, a different level on this course when he's clicking. Well, let's recap real quick because I was having a tough time remembering. What is Jim Walmsley's history with the Western States 100? We could go back. So 2016 was the, the first infamous. year he ran. That is the Found on 49 film you can go watch where he was like running course record and then took a wrong turn and blew up and should have been Sage Kennedy's win, but no, just kidding. Um, but maybe, um, so, but yeah, Andrew, um, Miller Miller. was the one who won. You gotta never forget Andrew Miller people. Okay. He remember he was living, uh, in Flagstaff at the time, I believe as well. That's right. So yeah, 2016, uh, 
Jim walks it in in like 1845. Still like <laughs> three hours faster than when I ran Western States. Okay, good job. After like sitting for like two hours and like on whatever the side else. of the road trying to figure yeah. out where he is. <laughs> like yeah, dejected. Okay, and then 2017 was the Ice Fire Grit where he you know famously pushed the pace, or maybe that was the year. Anyways, it doesn't matter. That was the year he like was going for course record and blew up and dropped at the river. Um, and then 2018, 2019, he won the race. And then 2020, there was no race. And then he won it again. So since 2016, Jim Walmsley's been in the race every single year that it's happened. And he's won three out of the five times, three in a row. So yeah, that's three why- of the four fastest that's, times yeah, ever run. Yeah, three of his wins were three of the fastest times. So that's like, that's why it's such a big deal. You know, he has been dominating at this race. Um, so that that's my piece on Jim. Um, now we can move on to start with last year's top 10. Who's coming back? Uh, Tyler Green, second last year. He's coming back. Drew Holman, then Cody Lind. And these guys were all, you know, one after another last year. Uh, Tim Tollefson he was, was fifth, fifth also right in the mix. Then there was about an hour gap before Hayden Hawks came in. And Hayden ran really hard, I believe, early on as well. I believe, if I remember correctly, he went out pretty fast as well. And while he was, like, fading, he never kind of let himself truly fall apart in the sense that, uh, you know, when you start to fade like that after going out hard, it would have been very easy for him to kind of cash it in and finish 20th. Uh, and the same goes for Tim Tollison, who hit some low points uh, as well. They both kind of battled back and, you know, had, you know, respectable finishes, although I'm sure they weren't really yeah. pleased with, with him. I mean, I would say, like, you know, Tyler, Drew, Cody, probably, like, great performances, like, mm -hmm. just period. But I would say for Tim and Hayden, like, underwhelming probably for them and like what their potential could be underwhelming but gutsy yeah. is what i would would say you know so now with more experience just having done it and maybe more focus um well and tim may have set the uh the course record for the final 300 meters around the track as well i believe on the live stream or maybe it's on a a video he was all out sprinting when he got onto the track just Legit. Because. Yep. Uh, and then who else? Kyle Curtin was in the top he 10. Was and ninth, then, I think. And then, yeah. yep. And then Alex Nichols was 10th. Obviously, um, you know, probably way below his performance since he got second one year. Yeah, but we I feel like we hadn't heard from him in a little while. Yeah. Uh, I could be wrong, and maybe I was just oblivious to Alex Nichols' performances because I feel like sometimes he can fly under the radar. Oh, yeah. You know, where it's like, oh, he has a really great race and uh, it doesn't get talked about quite as much. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he was, yeah, 10th in 2021. And prior to that, uh, he won Pikes Peak 50K. And he was second at Bandera. I mean, he had some pretty good performances, but he wasn't, he wasn't running these. I mean, there are some pretty good performances in there. So I don't know. <laughs> Alex Nichols. It'll just be fun to see. It's always, always going to be. When he had a really good run race. at Jackpot as well, which is more out of his, uh, out of the normal races that he would do. 
So he's yeah. obviously fit or mixed, was fit. Mixed it up. Um, and then now we're going to move into, you know, some golden ticket winners and some folks that kind of earn their way in that maybe have run before, uh, or are brand new as well. So Jared Hazen, uh, of course is back second fastest time in race history. So anything could happen there. Um, you know, he's finished on the podium twice here. It looks like, uh, let's see here. Ooh, Seb, Sebastian Spieler. So he was, he won the North face 50 mile in 2019. The last year they held that. I, I was like into chasing, the mist. what's that? Into the mist. Into the mist. Mm, plug it. Uh, I was chasing him in over the Golden Gate Bridge. It was super cool. Uh, Solomon athlete. And yeah, it'll be interesting to see. So it looks like maybe his longest race ever. I don't think he's ever done a hundred miler. It's another one of those. Um, and then we roll right into Adam Peterman, also first time hundred mile runner. He, he just, what? rocked the canyons 100k going up in distance again in april and is deciding to take the ticket and go for it here too and he is the course record holder at jfk now Mm. um breaking i believe walmsley's course record at jfk and arguably one of the fastest uh runners in the in the space um no one no one yeah i mean he doesn't have necessarily like the Jim Walmsley bravado, uh, like when Jim first, you know, came on the scene and decided to say that he was gonna like stir up some stuff. Yeah, you know that Which he was he gonna could. go. And Adam Peterman could, but Adam Peterman is as talented as anyone in the anyone in the sport right now. And um, if he can put together a hundred miler that is even remotely on par with what he's done at some of these shorter distances, which again is a tall task. Um, it, he will be someone who's super fun to watch uh, this weekend as well. I think that they're saying he has won every ultra he started. Well, he was second at uh, Pikes Peak. Oh, that was not an ultra distance though. So... I mean, he did his first ultra at Speedgoat last year, which was July. So he's like rookie, definitely going to be in contention for rookie of the year. But he's got some other like trail races under his belt that aren't the ultra distance. Yeah. So, yeah. But Speedgoat, second at Pikes Peak, JFK 50, win in course record, chucking up 50K. Canyons win. It's like that all lines up. That's a pretty good trajectory. That chuck and, in that uh, time is nuts too. Three twenty four. Is that that's probably a course record. I don't know. They won't they don't it doesn't live on ultra sign up, so I can't click on it. A lot of his results don't live on ultra sign up. Hmm. Oh. Hayden Hayden Hawk still has the JFK course record by a minute or so. so oh, Adam Peterman second. I thought hmm. according, to, according to the chat. Fact check. Um, Let's see. Arlen Glick, we've already talked extensively around him, but um, yeah, apparently he's got the most 100-mile wins in the field, uh, which makes sense because he's been dominant at that distance. You know who the last person to beat him was? TVE. Well, Camille Heron. Oh, Camille Heron. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. Um, Let's see. Tom Owens, uh, UK runner. 
We'll be back fourth place in 2019. And oh, wow. Ludovic Pomerant, who was the 2016 UTMB champ. Uh, you know, he's in his mid forties, but we'll see what he can do out here. Um, Tyler Fox is also running. He won the golden ticket at Bandera. I don't know a whole lot about Jonathan Rhea or Rhea, but they're saying that he won, he's won like every ultra he's run since 2019. Trueheart Brown is still on this list, but he has pulled out of the race, unfortunately. Uh, we got to shout out Scott Trayer. Uh, I think probably one of our f hometown favorites here. Yeah, I mean, although Scott still claims, uh, you know, the great state of Massachusetts to be home, uh, he is now a Phoenician, so we will take him. And when the Cougar comes to the possession of Scott Trayer, it's coming back to <laughs> it's Phoenix. It's coming right here. <laughs> it's coming back to Phoenix. So, no, a huge shout-out to Scott. Super excited to, to uh, see how he does. A I mean, veteran of the sport, although yeah. he hasn't f done Western. And he's got, you know, probably one of the faster 100-mile PRs of the field as well. So we'll see how that goes out. Um, man, there's just so many. Cole Watson uh, is on the list here, third at Havelina, but got in via a sponsored slot. Um, there's a handful more, but I don't know. This will be... We don't need to go through every single person. Cole Watson's another uh, interesting runner as well. Super fast, super talented. Um, hasn't probably put together like the 100-miler that he would envision. Um, you know, albeit his run at Havelina was still really solid. So it'll be awesome to see. And I believe he's originally from uh, the Sacramento area. So this is kind of um, – I'm sure that this is a race that's kind of special to him, you know? Yep. Yeah, we uh, we haven't talked about Pete Mortimer at all. Pete, Viper racing team member. Pete Mortimer, Air Viper race team member. Shout him out. He'll be out there. Um, he was out of Broken Arrow. I saw him this last last weekend. Shout out to Pete. That's what we got. That's our Western States preview. I don't know. It's gonna do be you, a good one. Do you have any uh, any predictions? Predictions. Um, I don't know, man. I'm not, I'm not an expert in anything by, by any means. Um, I mean, it will be interesting. I'm trying to think how like the races have played out. I mean, there's been certain years, obviously when Jim has just hammered the field into oblivion. Uh, and I'm trying to think if there's going to be someone in this list that's going to like take that pole position and really, really gun it and go for it. And if people are going to go with, or if they're going to run their own race, do you think Hayden Hawks takes it out hard? I think he, he can. went with Jim last year, early he, on. He definitely can. What is Adam and Peterman's racing style like? I can't remember what happened at Canyons this year, like how it unfolded, or if we even got a sense of that. Do you remember it all? My brain is fried, man. I don't remember. But yeah, I think like, yeah, that's what I'm going to be watching is like who's who's pressing the pace and. I don't know at a hundred mile distance, it doesn't always pan out like to push it that early on. Um, although I did see Hal Kerner, uh, posted on Instagram. Did you see that? That was pretty funny where he's like, the race starts 
in Olympic Valley at 5 a.m. Like, I know this might be controversial, but hint, the race yeah. starts in Olympic and Valley like, at 5 a.m. Hinting that like a lot of people say the race doesn't start until Forest Hill or the race doesn't start until the river. Yeah. But you never know, man. I love it. Well, I'll give you I'll give you my bold prediction okay. slash hot take. Let's do I, it. I don't know how hot it is, but yeah. my prediction is that this, like I said, this will be a story of redemption. Tim Tollefson is going to to bring the trophy home, uh, and Camille Heron is going to get it done. Two individuals who haven't been able to put it together at Western States up to this point, both gonna gonna get the job done. I could very much see that on the Tim Tollefson side, but I don't know if I would give it to Camille um, this time around. Um, if I maybe had to give a pick, oh man, it's so tough. Maybe an international, maybe Ruth Croft. So I'm going with. We'll see if I actually pick that for fantasy. Yeah. You never know. You never know. And uh, free trail fantasy for Western States will be top 10. Okay. So I hope, get your I wonder, in. will the scoring be any different? That's the it's big probably question. Probably going to maybe be a little bit different. Maybe oh. it's a special scoring. But put your picks oh, in for fantasy. Shout it out. Shout out Debo and, and crew and fam. Love it. Should we do our rapid fire round? Let's do it. All right. We got a few things. So this is us. We're just reacting to uh, some of these things, and I don't know what's coming up either. We might have like one thing. We'll see what Bryce has up his sleeve. Let's, this uh, is. Let's let's start it with with something oh, yeah. you're familiar with then. Yeah, yeah. So this is meet the man who pushed a peanut up Pike's Peak with his nose. What does that even mean? Okay, so from what I could tell, he had a salad spoon fixed to his nose according to this article so this is something that started i think in like the 60s or 50s like some guy i don't know why he did this but um i'm sure it talks about it oh 1929 bill williams did this he pushed a peanut from manitou springs up to the top of pike's peak like i guess using his nose he just like inched it up it took him eight days to do it. That sounds awful. Yeah. Just scooted it up with his nose. I mean, with something taped, spoon taped to it, wooden salad spoon. Uh, and apparently three other people have like recreated this feat since then. And there's a guy that's doing it this summer and he's starting soon. Hey, do you, how, what, long, how long would something like that take? I think sometimes it takes days? like 20 it days. Eight, like, it said eight days. Eight days, but it took some other guy like even longer, I think. So I guess he's like camping out with the peanut. Do you think he tucks the peanut in at night? <laughs> I would say maybe protect it from like <laughs> deer or something maybe. Uh, but I don't know. And the, yeah, it's like a featured event in like the Manitou Springs calendar this year. Like their events that like this guy is doing it. So we're going to have to keep an eye on this. I think it starts soon. Does this Is this the article that says he's a rock and roll musician, the guy that did it apparently. Or redid it. I don't know. No, that was 53 years ago, the, the rock and roll musician. Okay, but it's based upon the first guy did it was Bill Williams in 1929. Oh. Got it. I'm sure Davy Crockett could help us with this feat. Ultra running history. He could like unearth what this is. I just want to see a, like a photo or a video, and I couldn't find anything about this. But we will soon. So does it say at the top that Oh no, so this is from 2016. So maybe I didn't drop the article in. Should but you like, researched this topic. Should we 
I found, I tried to, oh yeah, so here it is. Colorado Springs man, using only his nose, he will push a peanut up bar trail to Pikes Peak Summit. And so Bob Salem of Colorado Springs is going to do this. He's doing it to celebrate Manitou Springs 150th birthday. And he will be the first person in the 21st century to complete the peanut push. The chat brings up a good question about squirrels. What if a squirrel snatches his nut? Do you have to start over with he might have nut? a spare nut. I don't know. He might have to start over. <laughs> but he's going to so the push will begin July 9th at the start of the bar trail and will finish on or before July 17th at the summit. So, and like the city's in on it. They're like, they're going to host the Pikes Peak Peanut Pusher live from the bar trail. This is going to be a whole event. Um, is it going to be live streamed? <laughs> oh, here we go. The Travel Channel drove dove, dove into this, maybe. Mysteries at the museum. Uh, let's see if we can find this here. Is it an FKU? Oh, yeah. Do you want me to send this to you? Can How can I get this to you, Bryce? Uh, or just type in um, Peanut Pikes Peak 2022 into Google. <laughs> We're going to get you there. <gasps> Got it. Okay. Uh, uh, go to the first... Uh, the Denver Channel article. Yep. And then scroll halfway down. Keep going a little bit more down. Uh, the push begins. Where did I find that link? Do you think it's ironic that we just got served watch a peanut? Yeah, M &M watch in full here. What's that? We just got served a peanut M&M &M ad on the uh, peanut pusher oh, article. Yeah, definitely. Okay, let's try this. The Pikes Peak peanut pusher. We may not have sound, but... Oh. Yeah, we don't need sound. We'll see what we get after this ad here. Um, so, yeah, this is super interesting. Shout out to Chevy. We might have to go in person to the... Manitou Springs Heritage Center and Museum to learn more about the peanut push. I'm definitely well, going to be doing that next time I go there. Well, but. this will occur in between Silverton, Alpine, Kendall Mountain, it's like and start, Hard Rock. It starts then. Yeah. So it's something to watch that week. Yeah. The live stream of this, you know. Yeah. So Mysteries of the Museum. Uh, the challenge era. I feel like you know, you brought back the challenge era in some ways. Maybe we should just try it. South Mountain. Let's bring some nuts out there. Do like Mormon Trail or something. Yeah. God. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like that could be a video. Oh, it's like actors. Yeah. <laughs> this is fun. This is like the history. This is the yeah, first yeah. guy, right? I just want to see him actually pushing the peanut. Should I skip through a little bit? If you want to. Oh, there, oh it there it is. 
no. <laughs> oh, so we did it from town to town first. It was in Texas. See, now I don't understand how it's possible. Oh, we went up the highway. Yeah. Oh. He's like, my <laughs> knees are sore. <laughs> Because I was thinking, like, the trail would probably get so steep that the peanut would just roll back down. But the road does make a little more sense. <laughs> no. Oh, there you go. Oh, it had, like, a little a propulsion flicker. to it. It's like the the Nike Air Max of Peter. <laughs> it's like Hoka branded. <laughs> wow, could be something to this. When are you gonna chase this FKT, Jamo? I don't know if this is for me. All right, that was wild. Okay, I'm glad we found that. Like I hadn't seen that part of it, but yeah, I was trying to visualize exactly what that looks like. But you're right. I mean, at some point, I don't know. There's like stairs and steps like how do you get it up and over that but i guess you have that special flicker device <laughs> thing but now they're going up the trail they're not going up the road so i'm sure there will be plenty of coverage so we'll have to check back in on that in a couple weeks i'm excited for the live stream I'll make yeah. a note. <laughs> thrilling all right what do we got next next so this is i don't know if you've ever heard of the salmon spawning at the beta breakers marathon is that it, costumes Kind of. It's a. I guess it's a tradition. I, I don't know if this is the first year it happened or maybe a little earlier. But okay. partway through the Breakers to Bay Marathon in San Francisco, a group of folks jumps or, like, has uh, salmon costumes. And they go opposite way of the marathon as salmon would in a river when they're spawning. Oh, my God. They're <laughs> not involved in the race? I think it's it's a thing that happens okay. every year now. Do you I know about this? No. I don't either. I <laughs> Those costumes. They're really jumping. <laughs> so that's salmon spawning. So all these people are running the marathon right now. Right. That's the marathon. Yep. Perfect. Yeah, this seems awesome. <laughs> So yeah, apparently it's still going on to this day, and it's one of like the weird sporting traditions that I found. That's great. Um, this one you may have seen before. I wanted to get your opinions on whether or not this was intentional or accidental. I might have seen this before. Was this from this past Olympics? Uh, it was, yeah, uh, it's not working for me. Let me refresh it here. I want to say it was, Matt. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. This was, I mean, he's like, is he coming over from like row two kind of, uh, 
he's pretty close. Eh, a little bit. It's hot. It's a hot day. Yeah, this was Tokyo. Was it intentional? Yes. There's another angle, I, I will say, where you see him kind of grasping no. at some of them. No. No? This is a world-class marathoner in the lead pack of the Olympic Games. I guarantee that he has taken bottles off tables before. So one of the other things that I found about this is so the guy who did the bottles finished 17th, the guy who knocked them all over, but the guy who was behind him who didn't get a bottle because he knocked them all down actually finished second. Boom, in your face, guy. Just like that. Yeah, it's tough to say. You, you think it's definitely... 100%. Yeah. Because those aren't, like, labeled bottles. That's just, like... No. They're just all You just out grab there. one. I could see if you knocked over, like, two. He knocked over an entire row. He fumbled row. a lot, and he got, like, the last one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not buying it. You, pr <laughs> you practice that. <laughs> like, in your buildup, you have practiced this exact thing. <laughs> I remember seeing that live, and that guy can go kick rocks. <laughs> <laughs> That's most of the comments about that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up, what do we got? Oh, so this is what I got as my weird sport. Race walking? Race walking. Did you not know about this? I knew about it. I didn't realize quite the pace that they move. Oh, it's faster than a lot of people can run. It. I mean, he did a 10K. You're talking like 6.30 pace. Anyway, this guy, uh, I crushed it at uh, a recent. Yeah, I mean, Evan Dunphy is um, also a Canadian it, Olympian. It also and are they walking? Yeah, that's the thing. It's like uh, I think you're basically running. One, I mean, he's always touched the ground. He never leaves. Are you sure? Is he though? Are you they, sure they about would, that? You'd get DQ'd. There might well, be maybe. yeah, but like he's definitely got both feet off the ground. I think so. Doing that, yeah. I think we need to get the raw footage. And we need to slow it down and analyze it. Yeah. Like slow-mo instant replay. Yeah. Because, like, they have to judge on sight. That yeah. looked like that was running, basically, with, like, weird hip movement. Yes. Yeah, I agree. But he gets that heel down so quick. Eh, the front foot. But, but I can tell right here that both are off the ground. Sure. Is a You're bad. supposed to have one on the ground at all times. That, yeah. He's just heel striking with an exaggerated <laughs> hip movement. I don't know. I'm not, a, I'm not as trained judge, but I'm questioning it. I would love to see some footage, slow-mo footage of this. All right. Next week we'll analyze some <laughs> speed walking footage. Ah. Uh, this actually I found today. It was from this weekend. Uh, the Manitoba marathon canceled mid race due to heat. Shout out to our neighbors to the North. Yeah. Whoa, uh, how hot was it? So it said 35 to 40 degrees Celsius, which, uh, which 40 degrees Celsius is 104 degrees Fahrenheit, which, I mean, maybe is... It's pretty hot. Uh, yeah. Humidity, you know? But yeah, there's uh, not everybody was super stoked. I don't think all the runners were... No, but you also then hear about some of these marathons where like... People actually... You know, 90 people are in the hospital right. and people don't make it. Right. It's like sometimes doing what's best for everyone versus for the individual. I wonder if there were ways to maybe prevent this, though. 
Like I'm sure you saw they probably saw the forecast, right? And more probably could have been like, ah, uh, yeah, or like moved up the start time or moved the start time back or like I don't know. I don't yeah. know. But to but, send runners out knowing that the temperatures are already going to get kind of what you would deem dangerous. Well, like to decide an hour in or like, you know, less than an hour in, you're like, oh, no, this was a terrible idea. Like, it feels like you didn't prepare very well from an organization perspective. Exactly. That would be my thing is like if if you needed to cancel it mid-race, it, should it probably have shouldn't have started. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. That's my thoughts on that. Yep. I would agree. Um, so, this <laughs> – this next one is a little out there. I will warn you. Um, the reason I, I even like really clicked on this is I heard some murmurings at Cocodona that some runners said they should wear a diaper to <laughs> alleviate bathroom breaks, cut off, you know, up to like an hour of their time. That's a at lot Coca-Dona. of pooping, I guess. I don't, but don't you don't you need to then take time to change said diaper? <laughs> yeah, but like I don't. you could be real efficient with it. Uh, anyway. Just a quick wipe. Anyway, this, <laughs> off and running. this okay. is why you shouldn't do that. So somebody basically answering, is it okay to wear diapers? Yes, it's okay. I started wearing diapers. Now I don't even think about it. <laughs> and then she did a follow-up comment saying, since I have been wearing diapers 24-7, I've lost complete control of my bladder, so now I have to wear them even if I don't want to go. I am completely diaper dependent. <laughs> and then somebody who sounds like not real. Danielle sounds like an expert, and she says, <laughs> I was coming here to warn against this casual diaper use. Unless you have a medical need, please do not wear diapers just because you're not training to hold your bladder and you all know what happens with unused muscles. Oh my God. So to all our cocodonans out there. Don't do it. Careful with what you wish for. (laughs) Has this thought ever crossed your mind, Jamil? This is real. I carry a diaper bag with me. I'm so glad I went back to wearing them full time. No. <laughs> this other person's in on it. I don't. Uh, <laughs> I mean. I like to believe that it actually is real. Okay. Uh, we don't recommend that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> oh, man. That's um, great. Th- so this next one I got is a little, uh, a bit, little bit of a shout out to Scott Traer. Uh, I found uh, a photo of Prime Minister Boris Johnson wearing basically Scott's kit on <laughs> his like his boarding jog, and it, I mean like it's it's pretty close. I mean I think they the actually long look dress socks, the black shorts. I think they actually look. But I mean, side by side. if Scott grade a little bit more, uh, you know, once Scott gets a little bit further up there in age, I mean, get some gray hairs going. Boris is just a little bit longer, but other than that. Same, same. Well, I think Boris needs the two-inch split shorts is what we're saying. And yeah. a trucker. A run fast a trucker. <laughs> he also might be running in lo- looks like loafers. I can't tell. <laughs> he looks like he's running in dress shoes and, and black <laughs> dress socks. Uh, you know, Scott has the black socks on, but they're just, you know, desert dust. Right. Yeah. I think Boris, oh, those could also be the all-black Hokabandas. I think you're onto something. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, shout out to Whit Weisbrook. See this? El Matador. Yeah. The, the, uh, F- trail FKT version of the puke and rally, but kind of <laughs> literal as well. Yep. Round two. So he got sick. 
took a little time off. And he did what we suggested, get back out there. Yeah, shout out to Wit. Starting the journey over. And he's calling it the last Nobo. I don't know. What does that mean? Uh, Nobo would be shorthand for northbound. Oh, nice. So he's saying, and he's probably right, I can't imagine many people are starting the PCT after he did this season. It's super late to be starting. I mean, you're going through the freaking desert to begin this thing. Shout out to Georgia's finest. It's going to be fun to follow. Uh, I'm stoked for Wit. I hope he has fun, most importantly. Yeah, I hope he stays healthy this time. So salute to you, Wit. You're the Check man. Check your water sources. You got E. coli day one. <laughs> first attempt. I think on the on his second time out, I think he stayed at the same water tank. He just treated it this time? Either treated it or maybe or like, yeah, got water elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. probably even smarter. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, so now Strava has video. I saw this. Which is pretty sweet. Apparently, it's only it's a test run right now for U.S. users only. And then they're going to roll it out in the coming weeks to people in other countries. I saw Jim in France posting some videos, but I get maybe he's still considered an American. I don't know. But yeah, it's cool. Barely. <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, what that looks like. Uh, Reels on Instagram and yeah. on Strava. Love it. Still can't set vert, weekly vert as a goal, um, but we can now uh, post video, which is a big part of the social experience currently. So shout out to shout out to Strava for continuing to innovate and up their game. And then just a meme I found that I <laughs> thought was really true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Classic. Meme of the week. Classic. Um, Anything else? There's actually got some comments in the chat about Ricky Lightfoot beating the man against horse oh, in yeah. the UK. Okay. Which is the first time it's happened in 15 years. Hmm. I wonder if that one's been around longer than the one yeah. at Prescott. Yeah, I was going to say, which do you think came uh, first? I'm going to say the one here is first. I think that one's like more well-known internationally, though. I mean, the one here has zero marketing. Yeah. It's amazing. That's what I want. All right. Literally, that's all. the only way to find it is like hand painted signs on the side of the freeway. Are you serious? It's like man horse race, and then they're like this way. Why? It's great because it's old school, man. It's incredible. Anyways, uh, I think that's uh, that's all I got for the quick takes. Oh, this was. Uh, oh yeah, do we have an example of the video? Yeah, we got Jim. This is the first Jim Strava video. This run is pretty insane. That he did this with Francois, twenty miles, ten thousand feet. That's solid. So, I mean, I don't know. Do you think this is going to be like a big deal video on Strava, or just like not that big of a deal? I don't. You don't know. No, really. The one thing that's cool, so, all right, I will just, this is, because I saw one example when I first saw this, and it seemed kind of cool where it was like, it would show you like the video of the route. Does that make sense? Like that could seem kind of cool. Um, There was actually this app that someone made called Pulse. Do you want to look it up real quick? Yeah. Called Pulse, maybe Pulse Video. 
they actually take the GPS data from a GoPro and it like, it's supposed to like stream what's happening. Uh, it's not films. Oh. Be like pulse video or, or maybe like stream. This is Run. great. This is great TV. <laughs> <laughs> this is great, great podcast. No, watching a see. bunch of dope Google uh, stuff. This one, I think, maybe Pulse Live. Yeah, or maybe, yeah, this is it. So it's meant to be like you're streaming exactly what you're doing. Um, Oh my God. Oh, it's like a live stream. Maybe go like to their activity. Instagram. That might give you the best examples. There's a little Instagram link button. So if we can just find an example um, of maybe someone running. Sure. So it gives you like this split screen. You can see like on the map where they are and then physically and like actually what they're seeing on their run. That's kind of cool. That is cool. So I don't know. Although they could probably use a Hero 10 here. I've always wondered if like. <laughs> it's a little shaky. Come on. <laughs> what were you wondering? If like live streaming for trail running, whatever, catch on. If like with Starlink, if you could have the service dialed enough, like, I like Twitch almost. Like there's like people who live stream their video game playing. You know, it's always curious if people would actually watch. Well, that. Like Ginger Runner streamed himself doing 100k one time. Kind of that's oh, what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. Yep. For his uh, hundred thousand subscriber yeah. milestone. So I don't know. This is I thought this was kind of different and interesting. Um, Definitely use a GoPro Hero Ten next yeah, time, though. Stable, yeah. Oh, see, they got Jim right there. Actually, I think the guys that were yeah they were at Tarawera. I think live streaming. Except they need to work on getting him in frame a little bit better. Uh, a little bit. That was their first shot at it. So. Oh, this made me think of the Strava announcement made me think of this because I thought for a second it was like going to line up with where you were on your run. Like you could see different moments. This is paintball. <laughs> but who knows? I mean, is this cool. is this going to make a difference? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. You could like relive the different spots on someone's run and their video clips maybe. Can you do that now with Strava? Like is it GPS located? I don't know, but it would be... I think, I think there's be, some cool takeaways there. Like that would be interesting. Like I could go to a certain run and I could like upload maybe like six different clips from it and then you could go and see where those were on my map or well, like they have those by. for um for photo, don't they? Yeah. So I don't know, there can maybe be something that way it's not just like another Instagram or something, if that makes sense. Yeah. That's my two cents. But I guess we'll see when it rolls out. I'm sure we'll start testing it out. See how it works. Well, it could be cool to see how that could be integrated possibly with like live streaming. Yeah. Right? To where it's like you see a camera feed, but you're also able to then see where that camera operator is located. I'm even thinking too, like if you were able to, after a race is over, you could like replay a race and the race is like uploading clips from different segments and you can see like everyone's Strava together. So you could like okay, it looks like they passed someone here and we could go rewatch that in the moment. I don't know. 
just thinking up ideas. Could be here. cool. Could be pretty cool. Could be something there. Any last Q and A before we wrap the show? It's been a long one. Matt's getting tired over here. It's been great. This might be a big question. We might have to give a condensed answer for it. Who are some of the big names in the ultra community that have never run Western States? I will start first. Harvey Lewis. Mm. Nick Curry. Mm. Nick's never ran it. Oh, interesting. Mm -mm. Harvey Lewis has never run it, huh? Um, who else? Can you think of any? Kyle Skaggs. Oh, not in it anymore. <laughs> uh, let's see. I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's a lot. It's gotta be. Or is it just that everyone who's a big name is because of Western What about States? Dakota Jones? I don't think he's run it. John Kelly. John Kelly, that's a good one. Has Jared Campbell? Probably not. Uh, I don't know. We might have to circle back on that one. Yeah. Cool. I think that's all I got for the that's quick it. takes. That's it. Awesome. Anything else, Matt? Other than I love your new hat so much, so, so much. Thank you. Maybe we'll... One of a kind. Yeah, it's currently a one of one, but, you know, if the people enjoy it enough, we may be able to produce a few more. Um, I will shout out and say, uh, just got to plug it. If you do want to support this show and any of our media, we do have a Patreon. It's under Steep Life Media. So if you want to support what we do and the content we put out across all of our different channels, whether that be Era Viper Running, Run Steep Get High, Mountain Outpost, um, Steep Life Media channel has some content as well. Um, we appreciate the support. Uh, you can also, you know, sign up for any of our events or check out our shop at Mountain Outpost. So just a quick plug. That's all I got this week. I love it. Yeah, we'll be back next <clears> week, <throat> probably recapping results. Uh, it'll also be leading into Mount Marathon and Marathon du Mont Blanc, part of the Golden Trail World Series. It's going to be great. Yeah. I hope everyone uh, has a great rest of the week and hope everyone's getting excited for Statesmas. Yeah. That's it. Bye. See ya. <laughs>